So the customers don't only expect their experience to be frictionless and personalized, uh, but they also want it to be memorable. Um, customers want more from brands and simply fulfill their functional needs. Uh, they also want to feel emotionally connected and be part of a broader community with uh, like-minded people. Hello everyone and welcome on this new episode of the Tomcast. My name is Jean-Marc and today I will be co-hosting this podcast with Emily. Hi Jean-Marc. Hey Emily, how are you doing? Fine and you? Fine, thank you. Um, so in this new episode, new topic, what are we going to talk about today? So today we meet to talk about a very interesting topic as usual in all the Tomcast that we have. Uh, we talk about customer experience and to do so, we have invited Alicia Bandenili in the studio today. Hello, Alicia. Hello, good morning. So before getting started, Alicia, can you tell us a bit more about yourself? Sure. Um, so I'm senior consultant at the House of Marketing and I have a spike in digital strategy and growth marketing. So basically, I help uh, to build uh, companies their customer experience roadmap uh, and implement it uh, so that they can achieve their growth objectives. Great. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Alicia. So as usual, as a starting point, we will take the definition of what is customer experience. So the definition is simple and not at the same time. So customer experience is the practice of using data and insights from customers' interaction to improve and personalize the customer touch points across the full marketing funnel. So Alicia, I hope you will help us understand this and go deeper in this uh, definition. <laughs> sure, this is already a very complete uh, definition, uh, but if I may rephrase it from more a customer perspective, um, the customer actually wants three things. They want their experience to be frictionless, they want it to be personalized, and uh, they want it to be memorable. Um, so for the first uh, thing I mentioned, the, the frictionless part, uh, what they absolutely don't want is friction. Uh, and this is becoming more and more difficult for companies uh, to cope with because the number of touch points is increasing drastically every year. Um, before we just sent emails to our customers, um, now for instance they also want to communicate through WhatsApp. Um, and this really brings a lot of challenges uh, for companies. Um, and besides this, customers don't only expect to, to communicate through their preferred channel, they also want to seamlessly go from one channel to the other. Um, so it's not only important to optimize every touch point in the journey, like you just explained, Emily, but also make sure that uh, the experience is uh, really uh, seamless uh, between all these different touch points. To give you a short example that happened to me uh, this morning, uh, I received uh, an email from a, a travel agency um, where I already booked uh, a couple of times with. So, and the, the offer they sent me was really interesting, so I clicked through. And once I was on that website, uh, they asked me again to fill in my email before I could do anything on that website. Um, this is really crazy because I just came from email as, as a touch point. Um, and so this really broke the experience and I just left, of course. So just to make sure that everyone is with us, uh, Touchpoint, I think it's clear. Can you clarify what is the funnel? Yes, so when we talk about marketing funnel, um, we mean the, the complete journey from the first instance that a customer um, is aware that you exist. Then once they know that you exist, of course you want them to know what your offering is. And then once you, you they know your offering, they maybe want to know why, what, why you're different from competitors. And so you try to, to guide them from this first level of awareness through deeper in the funnel where you try to convince them to do a first purchase. And so once they are uh, a 
a customer of yours. Of course, you want them to buy more. So you think more of cross and upsell tactics um, and you want them to become more loyal. So you also do some loyalty campaigns. So it's really from the first time they know you to, okay, they know you and they know what your offering is. They buy from you and then they, they, um, the funnels go broader mm -hmm. again and you want them to buy more and become more lo loyal. So it represents a bit the relationship between you and the customer. Indeed. From the first time you, you meet to a, to a very strong um, contact you have with them. So for the customer experience, if we go back to the, to the definition, some, um, so you spoke about the frictionless, but also are there other things, points that we need to keep in mind uh, to understand better what customer uh, experience is besides frictionless interactions? Yes, so uh, besides frictionless interactions, customers also want uh, personalized interactions. So they want to feel that you know them, um, but that you not only know them, but really know them. And you can make them feel that way by tailoring your communication, for instance. Um, oh, we saw that you like this blog article, so maybe you would be interested in this ebook. Um, or we saw that you buy, bought this nice pants last week, so here are three tops that, uh, that go well with it. Um, or you just booked a trip to Rome, uh, and here is a 10% discount on, on a bus uh, tour. Um, so really that they feel that, that you, uh, you saw what they liked and, and pick up on that. Yeah, indeed, personalization is, is very important for your customer experience. It's also important to understand that it can have a negative impact on your customer experience. If you go too far or if you don't do it the right way, um, if, you, if you're just wrong about uh, who you think your customer is. A nice example is the one of Target, um, the stores in, in America who did a great job at getting a lot of data points and really personalized a lot their offering um, and their flyers to their customers, but maybe a bit too much to the point of um, recommending uh, things for babies to women who didn't know they were pregnant. So that's maybe extreme, but it's also a good example to understand maybe that it's nice to also go a bit further in the, in the reflection. Yeah, you're right, Jean-Marc. It's really important to keep in mind also how you do it and not the fact only that you have to do it. So, great. Um, Alicia, I come back to the, what the customer wants. You were talking about three things. So, we talked about, uh, you talked about frictionless. Personalized, but there was another point you wanted to sh explain to us? Yes, indeed. Uh, so the customers don't only expect their experience to be frictionless and personalized, uh, but they also want it to be memorable. Um, customers want more from brands and simply fulfill their functional needs. Uh, they also want to feel emotionally connected and be part of a broader community with uh, like-minded people. Um, they want to be surprised and share their most memorable experiences with, with other people. Um, so that memorable part will, is really what will make you stand apart from uh, your competitors. Okay, so now I think it's clear for everyone what is customer experience. Um, Maybe a stupid question, but why should you care about it? It's actually a very good question, uh, Jean-Marc. Um, investing in customer experience is one of the most sustainable ways to, to grow a business, actually. Uh, when you do it right, a customer experience program will increase the customer satisfaction, uh, their loyalty, it will also reduce churn and increase customer advocacy. And of course, with the end goal to boost revenues and create business value. 
Uh, actually, a recent study of uh, Adobe found out that companies with, uh, that undertake customer experience transformation programs achieve a 10% increase in uh, average order value and also a 25% increase in conversion rates, uh, which, which is, of course, non-neglectable. Wow, these numbers are really interesting for any company. So now if we are all convinced that any company should add a customer experience program in its organization, how can they do that? A solid uh, customer experience program requires a tailored approach on so many different aspects. Um, but from my experience, there are three important foundations that company needs to get right. Um, so first of all, you need to define or crystallize your customer experience vision uh, and strategy. So answer questions like, uh, what are your aspirations? What does customer experience concretely mean for your organization? Uh, how, how can we bring customer experience vision to life? Uh, and how is your customer experience program program uh, contributing to the overall business objectives. Uh, then a second important foundation is to put in place the right organizational design uh, to really support uh, that shift towards customer centricity. Um, and the fast changing consumer behaviors uh, and, and industry disruptions are putting a lot of pressure on the marketing teams. Um, and so they require a shift in skill set and mindset, um, which is very difficult. And lastly, uh, you need to get the data and technology uh, to enable your customer experience activities uh, and monitor its impact closely. Um, so if you don't have a 360 view of your customers, it will be very hard to make personalization happen, for instance. So to, to recap, to get sustainable uh, business value, uh, companies need to have a strong customer strategy, the right uh, organizational design, technology and data to really bring that customer experience roadmap to life. Okay, so... Quick note for the listeners now, uh, there are a lot of information now, it's very interesting. Don't worry if you don't take note, uh, you can find everything on the landing page that is linked in the description of this episode. I think the second point is quite interesting, the shift in mindset, because uh, from what I personally see, it's it's easy to jump into the technologies, um, the, the concrete aspect. Can you can you talk about this shift of mindset and how uh, how it can help the businesses? Yes, yeah, sure. Um, so actually, the expectations of customers are changing so fast, uh, and that's what makes it so hard for uh, marketeers to rely on historical data to make decisions. Uh, and so this brings a need for constant and quick experimentation. Um, and I've had the chance to to lead a lot of growth tracks uh, these past two years. And what I often see is that when the project ends, uh, and even if the team at the client is super enthusiastic about our growth approach and the experiments, um, there is a natural tendency to go back to business as usual, uh, rather than continuously test. Uh, and this is even the case when teams have the right skills, tools, uh, and processes in place. Uh, what is most often missing, missing is a, a growth mindset. Um, and this growth mindset needs to be embraced um, by both the employees and the company itself. Thanks a lot. I would like to come back to one point. You mentioned about change of um, and shift in mindset and a growth mindset. But actually, what? how can you explain what a growth mindset is? Yeah, sure. Um, so actually, you have a growth mindset when you're convinced, convinced that you can learn anything you want. Uh, when you constantly challenge yourself, when you believe that failing uh, is actually a learning opportunity uh, and not failure, and when you're inspired by others' uh, success. Um, 
However, attaining and preserving uh, this growth mindset is super difficult um, as we are often confronted with our own triggers that obstruct uh, that growth. Uh, like, for instance, uh, being faced for the 23rd time uh, with a challenge or a setback uh, to complete a certain task or uh, when you're being criticized uh, or when you see your colleague getting the promotion that you worked so hard uh, on to get. Um, and so these triggers can make you lose confidence and self-esteem and push you towards a more closed uh, mindsets, uh, which will hold you and your company back in their journey uh, towards growth. So when you, you speak here about the growth mindset, you speak a lot about the employee, but can a company help also to, to improve this growth mindset within the company? Yeah, sure. I think it's as important that the people have uh, the rights or the growth mindset, that the leadership team um, stimulates this, uh, but also that there is a, a culture of growth uh, within the company. Um, and companies that embody uh, a growth uh, mindset are typically built around three pillars. Uh, and the first important pillar is nurturing curiosity, uh, because curiosity doesn't only help you to come up with more creative solutions, uh, it also makes you less vulnerable for confirmation biases. When your curiosity is triggered, uh, you tend to look less for data that will support uh, the hypothesis of your experiments. Um, and so, yeah, curious people will, will also question more the status quo and not settle for the first solution that crosses uh, their path, um, which is most of the time less, uh, which in most of the time results in better outcomes. Uh, and, uh, and a second important pillar to foster a culture of growth is to encourage uh, continuous learning and appropriate risk-taking. People uh, with a growth mindset don't care about being proven wrong and seeing their hypothesis being refuted. Uh, on the contrary, they will see it as a learning opportunity. Um, and companies that value and reward this attitude will not only see that their employees will feed back these learnings uh, into the organization, but they will also avoid two common uh, pitfall pitfalls of experimentation. The first one uh, being a uh, hunger for approval. And the second one is designing experiments that were similar to those uh, in the past. Um, and if employees don't dare to go too much out of their comfort zone and take uh, risks, uh, of course, chances are slim that they will come with, your next big, with the next big idea that will re revolutionize uh, your business. Um, and the last uh, but very important uh, one as well is to foster a culture of growth is to always insist that data trumps opinions. Um, so you and your team need to shift from making decisions based on uh, your gut feeling to a more data-driven uh, decision-making process. And that makes also the link with uh, a previous episode on value management, two episodes ago, I think, that we did with uh, Frank Cornelis. It was very interesting. And Frank gave the... Um, The, his uh, experience on a case with a client uh, where they were, they were actually listing some possibilities to solve a problem that they had and the goal was then to test these, uh, these possibilities and then to rank them. And so the client came back to, to Frank saying, okay, we, we ranked them and uh, so uh, here is the top three that, that we prefer to do. And Frank was like, oh, I'm sorry, but this is not really what I asked for. It's not really about the preferences. It's about which scenario worked the best. What does data say? And not what is your opinion? Yeah, thank you, Jean-Marc, for the reminder. It was, it was a real value of thinking about that data is bringing real information and not linked to the gut feeling. So I think it's really important that we keep that in mind also in this episode. And I was thinking now you, you, we did a bit of digression of the change of mindset and the growth market mindset, which was very interesting. That's why we had a deeper information about that. But 
if we go back to the customer experience um, journey within a, an organization, so Alicia, you spoke about vision and strategy. Then we spoke about the change of mindset and then also about uh, data and, and technology. So now if we want to give real example and concrete example and tips to um, the marketers or the company who are listening to the Tomcast, uh, what would you recommend? Yeah, sure. Uh, but before I, I give a, a first uh, tip, I, I just wanted to add something uh, on the previous point when we talked about uh, the shift in mindset. So we said uh, we have to have a shift into a more uh, growth uh, mindset. But uh, and also another important shift um, is a shift towards a, a customer uh, obsession mindset. Um, so this means that everything you do uh, starts from the customer perspective and his pains and his needs. Um, so there really needs to be a, a ruthless focus on Uh, customer insights uh, and instead of making your teams focus on a product on or, or on a specific channel or a specific step in the funnel uh, you need to shift their focus to solving real customer problems Um, and so this is also linked uh, a bit with, with my first tip, uh, because what I often see at clients when uh, I ask them if they have uh, personas or, or if they have mapped uh, the corresponding journeys of these personas, they tell me that they, they, they have them and they never refreshed or really used uh, their customer journey maps. And they don't really know actually how to make these customer journey maps actionable. So the first thing I want to highlight is that a customer journey map is not a static document uh, and that it should be updated and fueled real with real customer data on a regular basis. Uh, and I would even suggest that you, you just print out uh, your customer journey map uh, in big and hang it on the, on the open space. Uh, and every time you have a new uh, customer insight that you got from an online survey or that you heard from uh, the customer service department, you can just uh, hang it uh, on an extra post-it uh, in the right stage of the funnel. And uh, by doing so, you will be confronted on a daily basis with the biggest pain points uh, of your customers. And that will automatically trigger uh, you to think more uh, of ways to relieve these pain points uh, and delight your customers even more uh, on touch points that really matter for them. And if you're listening to this and you're thinking, uh, but we don't even have a customer journey mapping yet, um, Don't worry, what you can do is go on the landing page of this episode. You will see that there is the possibility to download a template that the House of Marketing created. Um, maybe it can also be nice to, to set up a recurring meeting with a small team, uh, preferably who has contact with your, your customer, if that's the case in your company. And so you can slowly but surely develop your customer journey mappings. So that's for the, the first tips. Um, you had other tips, uh, Alicia? Uh, yes, I think uh, my second piece of advice would be to sp start small, um, monitor the impact closely, and if your customer experience uh, pilot is successful, you will actually have uh, collected enough data to build your business case and convince your management to scale the project. And a, and a pilot can really be small. It can be as small as adding the name of the customer in the subject line of your email or personalizing the content of your email based on, a, on its last purchase. Uh, or another uh, pilot example is, for instance, to perform a churn analysis uh, and send this segment a personalized offer to see how many uh, of your uh, of them you're able to win back. Um, and if you don't have the right technology in place, this churn analysis can be quite difficult uh, and time-consuming. But if the results of your pilot uh, is good, uh, you have a case to implement the right technology to automate uh, this kind of campaigns. So uh, remember uh, that to define these uh, customer experience pilots, you always need to start uh, with real customer data and then insights.
So thanks, Alicia, for all of these tips and tricks. So if I want to make a little recap of everything that we have learned today, so we learn every time a good news things by listening to the Tomcast, but here with the customer experience, we have learned really what it is. We have uh, learned also why companies should implement it, how they can implement it. And thanks to the little tips and tricks, we also know that small implementation can make big changes. So thanks, Alicia, for all this information. Yeah, and I think we are coming to the end of this episode. Um, thank you very much for listening. Thank you, Alicia. Thank you for inviting me. It was fun. Yeah. It was. And always welcome back. Um, and so if you if you like this episode, don't hesitate to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. Uh, you can also follow the podcast on any platform, really. And as I said already, you can find all the resources, the notes, the templates for customer experience on the landing page that we curated for you. And the link is in the description of this episode. Um, so that's it for this episode. And we will find you back in the next one. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.